Mark chapter 16, 15. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we are just before you, Lord, today, wanting to hear from you, understanding that what we received from you yesterday is not going to work today. We need something new. We are needy. We were made to be connected to you. Not to show up once in a while. Not to go before you once in a while, but every day and receive from you every day. But today, Lord, it's a day where we all get together at the same time. And Lord, you say a special thing happens when that is the case. So we ask, Father, open our eyes, our ears, in our hearts towards you. We look to you, Lord, to speak to us, to speak to our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So on September 13, 2020, we began our study in the book of Mark. So I don't plan this stuff, but here we are, September 18, 2022, two years later to the week. I think it's our last study. But in week number two of our study, two years ago, we're in week number two, we got to verse 14 of chapter one, very beginning of the book of Mark. You don't have to turn there, but that's where we were two years ago. It was the very first time that Jesus had ministered in public. Previously, he was unknown, except in the small village of Nazareth, where he grew up. In Mark chapter 1, all that begins to change. In fact, the history of the entire world began to change at that time. And he came out and he, he went public for the first time. And this is what he said. This is what he said when he first went public. Jesus Christ said this. Now, after John was put in prison, that's a reference to John the Baptist, who went before Jesus and said, hey, everyone, Messiah is coming. He was put in prison, and after he was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and 
believe the gospel. This morning we began with, those were the first words of Jesus. This morning we began with the last words of Jesus. What were the, among the last words of Jesus? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So again, Jesus' first words, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. His, among his last words, again, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, Calvary Chapel, what is the word, the one word that really stands out? The gospel. What's the one word that really stands out that were among the first words that he said and the last words? It's the word gospel. Gospel. What does that mean? I know some of you know what is the literal meaning of gospel. Shout it out. Good news is what it means. Uh, it means good news. So the New Living Translation says this, uh, Mark 1.15, Jesus' first words, it says this, the time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near, repent of your sin and believe the good news. Among his last words, the New Living Translation says this, and then he told them, go into all the world, world and preach the Good news to everyone. And so if Jesus' first words were believe the uh, good news and his last words were go and tell everyone about the good news, I can't imagine what could be more important than to understand what the good news is. Especially since right after verse, Jesus says in verse 15 amongst again amongst his verse 15 of chapter 16 amongst his last words he says, go into all the world and preach the good news. He says this in verse 16, the very next verse. Read it with me, please. It says this, he who believes, believes what? The good news. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And so I would say it's important that we understand what the good news is. So God willing, I'm going to finish our study of the book of Mark by talking about what the good news is. Again, Jesus' first words, repent and believe the gospel. His last words, tell everyone about the gospel. We better understand um, what the gospel is. So we're going to do that. But first, let's remember where we are here at the very end of the book of Mark. In chapter 15, Jesus was crucified. We spent about three or four weeks on that. An almost incredibly painful death, but also an almost indescribably shameful one. The Romans, practi uh, the practice of crucifying people was done in the most public places possible. Jesus was crucified, as we read, naked, with hundreds of people looking on or passing by, having been beaten to the point he was unrecognizable. And after six hours on the cross, 
Matthew 15, verse 37 says, he cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. He was taken down from the cross and placed in a tomb, which was sealed with a very large stone. Among the last words that he said, right before he gave up his spirit, he said, it is finished. What was finished? Everything that was necessary to bring you in to an everlasting relationship with Jesus and save you from sin, him having been punished for you and taken the place for you on the cross. And so that was on a Thursday or a Friday. Scholars agree and disagree about these things, the crucifixion. But after three days or on the third day, Sunday morning, uh, three women, Mary, Mary and Salome went to the tomb. The stone had been rolled away. They were met by an angel who said in verse 6 of chapter 16, the angel said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. So Jesus rose from the dead, what we call the resurrection. So last week, what, I, what did I say about the resurrection? What did we say about it? The resurrection is not just an important part of Christianity. The resurrection is Christianity. The resurrection is not just an important part of Christianity. The resurrection is Christianity. Christianity is not like every other, every religion and human philosophy. It's not about imitating someone. It's not about imitating Jesus. That's not what Christianity is. Please, you gotta get it. I gotta get it. Christianity is not about studying the life of a man, Jesus, who lived 2,000 years ago and trying to imitate him. Christianity is about the resurrected Jesus living through you. That's what Christianity is. Again, we saw this verse last week, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ living in me. So, how is it that Jesus, he went from living alongside of the disciples physically and then being killed, how is it that he gets to the place where he is living through them or living through you if you are a Christian, if you have given your heart to Jesus Christ? The answer is uh, this. Jesus, he rose from the dead. The Bible says he was taken up into heaven but right before he was, died, right before he was crucified, Jesus told his disciples that he would be killed and that he would be going away, but he said, John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans, meaning I'm not going to leave you alone all by yourself. He said, I will come 
to you. How does that happen? How does a dead and resurrected and ascended Jesus, how does he come to you? How does he come to them? Well, in the same chapter of John, Jesus gave them the answer. Again, right before he was crucified, he also told them this. He said, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. It's another way of saying through and by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to come and live inside of you and live through you. That's how it happens. So again, resurrection not just an important part of Christianity, the resurrection is Christianity. Christianity is not about imitating Jesus, it's about Jesus actually living through you. And so now, again, before we get to the part about what is this good news by which Jesus says you will be saved if you believe it, but if you don't believe it, you will be condemned. We're going to get to that. What is this good news? Before that, I want to talk briefly about what are the practical ramifications of Jesus living through you, meaning what difference does it make in your life that Jesus is living through you? What difference does that cause? Well, Look no further than the chapter we are in, chapter 16. Jesus is risen from the dead. Verse 9 says he appeared to Mary Magdalene. And verse 10 says this. We've read this verse several times. He says she, read it with me here. It says she went and told those who had been with them as they mourned and wept. Again, this is three days after the crucifixion. They're weeping. Still, the man who loved them more than anyone had ever loved them had just been publicly executed in the most humiliating way. And many of them had forsaken him. The last memory of, of him was that they were ditching him. And they're weeping. It's important to understand that not only are they weeping... They're hiding. It says in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 19, the sun, this, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. So, what difference did it make in the disciples going from trying to imitate Jesus, and they did try to imitate him, by the way, during those three years, and they fell flat on their face when they did that, just like I do when I try to imitate Jesus rather than having him live through me. What difference did it make in them? Well, again, go to verse 19 of this chapter, chapter 16. 19 and 20. It says this. And now keep in mind, they had just been told in verse 15 to go out into the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken to him, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 20. And this is, a, this is what I want you to focus on here. And then they went out and preached everywhere. 
the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The book of Luke says they had great joy. So they went from being weeping, hiding Christ followers. Are you a weeping, hiding Christ follower? Are you? Don't have to raise your hand. There have been seasons of my Christian life. I was a weeping, hiding Christian. They go from weeping, hiding Christ followers to rejoicing Christ followers, living and preaching right out in the open. And so, by the way, that verse, verse 19, which, which says there, it says that, um, rather verse 20, where it says that they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. The New Living Translation says this, the disciples went everywhere and he preached and the Lord worked through them. Christianity is not about imitating. Let, let me try to do this just like Jesus did. Oh, yeah, I got to do this just like Jesus did, you know. Someone's blind, I, I, I will spit in the mud and do the mud on them. People still do things like that. They try to do stuff just like Jesus did it. But it's not about imitating Jesus. It's about Jesus living through you. That's what the Bible says. And so Christianity is about Jesus living through you. But let's get back to where we started. What is the gospel? What is it? What is the good news? Again, he began, Jesus began his public, public ministry. First words, repent and believe the good news, the gospel. He ended his public ministry declaring, go out in there, tell everyone. Believe the gospel. What's the gospel? So actually the answer which needs unpacking is in verse 16. Again, but let's start, start with verse 15 here in Mark 16. Again, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he says, he says what the good news is. He says what the gospel is right here in verse 16. He says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So, if you want to know what the, the, the gospel is, it's right there. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's the gospel. Now, that needs a little explanation, doesn't it? It needs a little um, explanation. Like when he says he who believes will be saved, believes what? Saved from what? Let's talk about that, because again, I can hardly think of something more important than understanding what the gospel is when Jesus begins with it and ends with it, and he tells you to go out and tell everyone about it. So let's talk about what the good news is, and, and, and if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, by the way, uh, you can write some of this stuff down. First off, a person is not going to think or understand that they're not going to think that it's good news. They're not going to know that it's good news unless they think, unless they understand that they are in a desperate condition before God and they actually need salvation. It won't be 
good news. I mean, I, 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 or better put, a person will, will only think that it is good news unless, unless they're not going to think it's good news unless they know that there's some bad news going on. So if a person bursts into this room and said, I have good news, the war is over. We're not going to care if we don't know there's a war going on outside the room. We're not going to care. We're, we're just going to shrug our shoulders. And that's a big problem today among some of you in this room. You don't know there's, you're in a desperate condition before the Lord. You don't know the Bible says you're lost. You don't know that. And, and, and you don't really know that there's something that you need to be saved from. And, and, and so a big problem. But the Bible could not be clearer you need to be saved. You need to be saved. If you have not been already, you need to be saved. The words used continuously without, throughout the New Testament. The Bible says once the first church was planted, it says that God, the Lord, added daily those he was saving. And the Bible is very clear that you need to be saved. Because remember, again, Jesus' first words, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God's at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, what does repent mean? It means doing a U-turn with your life. Repent and believe the gospel. It means doing a U-turn with your life. That's what it means. And that starts with what? That actually starts with something. When someone repents, it doesn't start with any action. It starts with something that happens in their heart, and that, it, it, that is this. It starts with choosing to believe God. Repentance starts with choosing to believe God, or put in the reverse with a double negative, sorry, no longer choosing not to believe in God. That's important. Choosing to believe God, but, but also choosing not to, uh, no longer choosing not to believe in God and choosing to believe God. The Bible says that believing God is a choice. You can keep that down for a second. The Bible says it's so important that you understand that believing God is a choice. The Bible says that not believing God is a choice. It's a choice. And now we don't often think of things like that. Joseph Biden is the president of the United States. I, I just believe that. I'm not really choosing to. I just know it. Just the, the, the word and the meaning in the New Testament, um, though, is, is something more than just believe in a fact. Do you know that the Bible says in the book of James that the devil believes in Jesus Christ and he's terrified? No, this is a choice to believe in what Jesus has done for you and saying yes to him. It's a choice. And people say, well, I can't force myself to believe. 
But the Bible is actually saying when they're saying that, they're choosing not to believe. Let me explain what I understand. So in the book of Romans in chapter one, thanks Caillou. Okay, this is a long one. Try to hang with me here because this is really important. It says this in verses 19 through 21. It says, speaking of mankind, speaking of everybody, speaking of you at one point in your life when you were very young and you didn't know God, it says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. In, or, in other words, what it's saying is when, when man or woman looks out at the rivers, the, the, the mountains, the, the trees, the birds, the waves, the wind, the storms, they know there's a God. That's why everywhere you go in the world, except really, really places where there's real smart people, like Boston, Everywhere in the world, they believe God. You, you, you don't have to get into our, these kind of arguments. It, it's because the, the Bible says, and it is, it is true, that ever since the world was created, through everything he has made, they can clearly see God's invisible qualities. I'm on the third line there. His eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark. So they knew God and they made a choice not to believe him. Everyone with me? The Bible says that no matter where someone is in all the world, God is evident to them. They may be in the middle of the Amazon, in a, in a jungle. God is evident to them. And if they start seeking, oh, who are you? If they start seeking, the Lord will send a missionary to their way. Unfortunately, we're usually not like that. Because we're not seeking God. Man, woman, don't seek God. We just seek our own thing. We like being our own God. And so, believing is a choice. Believing God is a choice. The Bible says that man knows clearly just by looking at all creation and that he needs to give himself to God, but man chooses not to. And as a result, um, God must judge him. He's God, and as a result, there is, there is a condemnation. The Bible says it was appointed to man to die one time, and thereafter, there's a judgment from God. And so again, let's read verse 16. Let's read verse 16 together. It says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But then it says, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He who does not believe will be condemned. Now, what is salvation? He says, he, he who believes will be saved. Salvation is nothing less than everlasting happiness, everlasting happiness of the soul. That's what salvation is. Um, it, 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 it's saving you into that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, but, 
but condemnation means everlasting separation with misery. That's what condemnation means in this context. And so when it says in verse 16, he who does not believe will be condemned, um, you know, again, those are people who choose not to believe. And it has been said, this has been said, because that sounds harsh until you start backing away and thinking about it. It's been said that a person who chooses to continue in unbelief, and if you're that person, you are offending God more than can hardly be conceived or even imagined. You're rejecting God in the, most, in the face of the most obvious ev- evidence given by God. That God who created you so, th- so that God can love you and so that you can love him back, you're rejecting God. He made all of the creation um, in such a way that it just, he's obvious to you and you've turned away from that. You are sitting in judgment of God by not believing in him. You are denying that God has a standard of right and wrong for your life and instead you are establishing your own standard of right and wrong. God's wonderful plan of love for um, your salvation to send his son Jesus Christ into the world to take your punishment, to die in your place, to suffer his wrath in your place, you're rejecting as foolish or unnecessary. The Bible says that by choosing not to believe, it says that you are making God out to be a liar. And hence, no wonder verse 16 says this. He who does not believe will be condemned. Again, the condemnation, the Bible says, is death and separation from God, a a separation of torment and suffering. And so, All that to say this, listen, before you know the good news, you should know the bad news. The bad news is that man, you, apart from Christ, are in a place of extreme danger, of eternal danger, Um, and and that you need to be brought from death to life, from eternal misery to eternal happiness, to a life where you're running around in circles, to a a life that's just pregnant, filled with purpose. And the purpose is to love God and to glorify his name. And so that is the reason, that's the reason that Jesus' very first words are repent, turn around, stop doing whatever you're doing and choose to believe the good news. And among his last words were, now I'm, I'm going, I'm out of here, now you go and tell everyone you can the good news. Because man is in a desperate, lost condition. And so that's why it's such good news. It's such good news because it doesn't say, it doesn't say uh, in verse 16, it doesn't say he who goes out and tries to be really, 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 really good and is baptized will be saved. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say um, he who tries to uh, uh, he who tries to undo and pays all the debts uh, that they have towards God for all the bad things they've done to God 
and are baptized will be saved. It doesn't say that. It says he who believes, he who puts his trust in the Lord and is baptized will be saved. Baptism is something that um, is a public confirmation of what's happened in your heart. You go under the water, it's like you're being buried with Jesus. Okay, I'm dying. I'm dying to Steve Cole. I'm being buried. And you come out of the water, just as Jesus was raised from the dead, so are you. The Bible says you were born dead until you're born again. By the way, if the weather's good next Sunday, we will be having another baptism. <laughs> so, uh, the gospel, the good news, Jesus' first words, believe it. Jesus' last words, tell everyone about it. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time. And it really is, the gospel, the good news, really is a source of enormous joy to the man or woman or child who, is, who has embraced it. The fact that we can develop a record of wrongdoing, of sin, over time or over a lifetime, and that believing in him, he will come into our life and cleanse us and change us, and that I don't have to do anything at all myself, no kind of thing do I have to do, no, no kind of good thing to make up for all the bad things, uh, that's incredibly good news. Because some of us, including myself, we've compile, compiled a serious record of wrongdoing. And the fact that the Bible says that he will make, uh, he, he will, that my sin, which is red as scarlet, red as, uh, 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 red as scarlet, um, he will make it into uh, white, as white as snow, pure as, uh, a purity that God looks upon you after you give your life to Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, you're blameless before him in love without going and as much as trying to help someone across the street. The, that's how he sees you, by putting your trust in his son Jesus Christ. Only you have to do it. You have to choose to do it. And so I'm going to ask those who've been asked to pray uh, to come up. At this time, I'm going to ask you to stand up. We are going to sing a worship song. And I just want to say if you, uh, in your life, have never chosen to believe God, to believe what Jesus Christ did for you, You've never chosen to believe that you're not the person you always thought you were. Kind of a good guy, a swell guy, a fine woman. But that you have violated, that you've lived your life really in, in, in your thought life and in, in, in many things that you've done really as an enemy of God. The Bible says that when we get angry, Jesus says it's like murdering someone. That's what it is. That's God's standard. And, and so we tend to, when we're making standards about goodness, we tend to look to the right and to the left and compare ourselves to other people. That's not what God does. He, he, he compares himself, he compares us to the perfect, pure life of Jesus Christ. And if you fall any short of that, you need salvation. You're in a dangerous place before the Lord. 
And so if you've never, by faith, just said to the Lord, I, I choose to believe. I get it. God has made himself obvious to me. I get it. I, I, I want to believe. Come on up. And we will help you through a prayer of faith in which you're saying, yes, Jesus, come in. The Bible says he knocks at the door of your heart. Any man who says, come on in, he'll come in. And it says he will eat with you. That, 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 that speaks to he'll have a relationship with you, meaning that eternal relationship will, bring, will begin right at that moment. If you've never done that, come up and we can pray for you. Or if there's something else that has stirred in your heart today, you think you've been, you're tired and weary and burned out by imitating Jesus and you'd like someone to put a hand on you or they don't have to put a hand on you. If they put a hand on you and you don't want it on you, tell them, please, take your hand off me, but pray for me. You want someone to just pray for you pray for you help this this man help this woman understand what it means and how to have Jesus Christ live through you if you want that prayer or anything else you can come up father I thank you in Jesus name for the privilege of being here today just thank you Lord that we can open up your word and read about good news. Your word says, Lord, that, that you took him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, he had never sinned, to be sin for us so that we in him could become the goodness of God. We just thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue the work that you've started as we worship and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.